Hello and welcome to the Higher Training Podcast. This is the first in hopefully a number of podcasts coming your way. Now, the main ethos behind this podcast is looking after both your mind and body and everything that goes into that. And more importantly, we're here to have a bit of crack. We're here to have a bit of fun. I think conversation and this longer sort of um, longer sort of si- sort of style of uh, information is kind of a lost art. And thankfully, podcasts have come up in the last few years to kind of change that to a degree. And you know, I have a lot of inspirations from people who've done other podcasts and from outside the podcasting. Um, but I would like to put my own sort of twist on what podcasts are. And it is, it is obviously going to be a lot to do with health and fitness, but it's not limited to that. I love music. I love history. I love philosophy. I love learning how to coach people. And coaching people just doesn't mean uh, from training or nutrition. People in business coach others. Uh, so I'm going to get in a variety of characters that are going to touch on so many different subjects. And the main idea behind it is having a laid-back-ish chat, having a conversation and taking some lessons away from those conversations now enough rambling on today's first podcast is with kyle from biofitness kyle is a personal trainer slash life coach he's from glasgow if i'm wrong i'm fucking sick (laughs) but he is based in dundalk my hometown so starting with someone who's based in the hometown i'm gonna try and get a few people in around from the area but Kyle is somebody I followed on Instagram for a long while now. I have a lot of similar views as he does. Some conflicting views, but anybody that is worth respecting, you can't agree with everything that they do. But without further ado, here is Kyle. And we are live. What is happening, Kyle? How are you getting on? All good. How are you? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. This is the first of hopefully many of these conversations uh, I'm glad to have you on. It's a, it's an interesting one. Um, didn't think the first podcast I'd ever do would be with uh, somebody from uh, Scotland who PTs in Dundalk. It's an interesting, interesting yes. mix. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be breaking virginities during quarantine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the more productive things that I've done. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And uh, come here, uh, do you want to tell, uh, tell us a bit about yourself? I obviously know a good bit about you because I've been following you for a while but for anyone watching or listening who hasn't yeah um well obviously from my accent and your introduction you can tell that I am from Scotland um kind of got sick of the terrible weather and decided (laughs) to move across to Ireland that was a great decision (laughs) Um, I don't know if you picked the weather too well on that side of things though (laughs) no certainly not today of all days as well Uh, it's blowing a bit of a gale but I'd be well used to it um Otherwise, yeah, I have an interest in health and fitness. Um, I kind of work as a coach. Um, I'm self-employed, run out of a private personal training studio, um, along with another three guys. Um, well, two guys and one girl, if you want to be specific about it. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, find myself across here. And uh, what, uh, what made you come up with the name BioFitness? I actually was thinking so, about this for a long time. I never thought of asking you. Yeah, um, biofitness. So bio is the Chinese word for energy within and combining that with fitness. I just thought, yeah, it sounded pretty cool. So biofitness. I like that, man. I like that um, using like 
ancient symbols or ancient phrases put it into the train and that's as you can see from uh, my logo i did the yin yang you know yeah yeah, look at that. yeah. <laughs> I, I like using like already symbols or maybe let's say f phrases that are already known so people have like uh they'll have an automatic thought process when they see it straight away and uh obviously with yin yang you know it's like body and mind you know chaos and or the good with the bad, yeah. Good with the bad, and I think that's you're obviously touching on similar sort of ethos there as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think the kind of energy that we all have within ourselves, um, the the mind and the body work hand in hand, and I just think if you tap into that, there's a lot more to kind of movement and uh, thought processes. Absolutely. And what made you want to become a coach in the first place? Love um, hearing these stories, man. They're all always so different. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose I never really did start out wanting to be a coach. Not like I woke up one day and went, yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm. Um, it kind of started off for me watching Arnold Schwarzenegger films and five kilogram dumbbells in the house, doing as many bicep curls and shoulder presses as I could, <laughs> um, trying to be like Big Arnie. And then just over time that developing into having a great like towards kind of health and fitness and then kind of growing up like I was bullied at school and kind of my out I never I didn't play any team sports so for me my kind of get out kind of time was started off a Tuesday and a Thursday where I'd done a bit of mixed martial arts um yeah then Obviously, I had my five kilo dumbbells because, yeah, I'm a champ. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I just progressed into that. And I kind of realized that with my anxieties and things, that exercise definitely had an effect on that. And the more that I kind of progressed down that road, I started, I, I just couldn't imagine myself being good at anything else. Like, I've, I've always been good at speaking to people, or at least I'd like to think that I wouldn't have got this far. I think you're but, all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was always good at speaking to people, so I, I just kind of looking at the way I, I couldn't imagine myself being good at anything else, so I just kind of just went down the path of education, done my health and fitness at Glasgow Central College at the time, and then went to Edinburgh Napier University, got my degree, and yeah, I've just been applying the trade ever since, really. And how long ago uh, was that, that you started like studying to be a coach or PT? It was 10... 2008 uh, was when I my first year at first year at college so that ran for four years and then I initially signed up for two years of university I ended up dropping out after the first year after I got my basic degree because I got an opportunity to go to Australia nice. um yeah so I mean again looking at the whaler I was look. I was in Tesco and it was pissing down one morning and I broke <laughs> myself out my flat in Edinburgh and it was kind of just going I got a text message from somebody I used to work with. They were Australian. Um, so that was the kind of automatic sync up. They said, look, there's an opportunity for you to come across here. Um, you can stay with me until you kind of get something. Like I'm working in a restaurant bar at the time. Um, can possibly get you some shifts as well. So I was thinking that's an absolute winner, winner, chicken dinner. So Why the fuck not? Yeah, exactly. Jumped straight on that plane. Literally, I got a text message on a Tuesday. By the following Tuesday, I was on a kind of plane to, to get I love and, that, man. You don't even... No waiting around. Straight into it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't... Like, 
I didn't even have a going away party or anything. Like it literally was just a yeah. To be fair, I drank Tuesday to the following Tuesday with people. With <laughs> and don't think Impromptu sober. party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only time I sobered up was on that Emirates flight, and even then, it was only for the want of trying to try and get a drink on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And how uh, long were you in Australia for? Um, I was there just under a year. Um, it was a great. Have you ever been to Australia? Never been, never yeah, been. Great, great experience. Um, I was there. I, I originally started, as I said, kind of just working in a bar. I was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and <laughs> as I started, as I had to cycle anywhere. You only realise how small you are when, like, I know when you're from, like, to the dock where I, where we are, where you're from, where I am, it's a small place, so you can literally walk anywhere, mm. uh, walk or cycle anywhere. I decided on my second day of being in Australia, I was out in the middle of the bush that I would try and walk for as long as I could to come across something. <laughs> for four hours in one direction and literally nothing. You realise how small you are. You're just walking down this never-ending path. It started to get a bit hairy as well because it's kangaroos kind of eyeing you up. And you're like, <laughs> that could be somebody's next meal. Did you ever see uh, the in-between a movie? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would, like that. yeah. <laughs> as soon as you started mentioning that, that's all I thought of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a bit like that, to be honest. Brilliant. And uh, when you're over there, were you coaching over there? Or were you yeah. just, you were coaching over there? What was that like compared to what it might have been like uh, back home? Um, yeah, it's a strange one. So I actually got, not fortunate, but I, I, we decided we're moving out of the kind of the sticks and we're going to go to the city. So I pretty much on the first day of moving to the city was like, I'm going to go around every single gym and just go in and ask if I can get a job. Didn't care how. It was just like literally this was in October. It was like, I'm going to get a job. So walked into the second gym I was there called Jets Fitness. Uh, it's a 24 hour gym. And the guy happened to be from Nottingham. And I think he just liked the fact that I sound like Shrek, so I just kind of, <laughs> he, he just got, he, he called me donkey all the time and just tried to get, like, but yeah, he was like, yeah, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, nice. happy days. So, um, in terms of the coaching itself, like, they are, I'm not saying, like, I was listening to the podcasts or your Instagram live that you were on and you were talking about Ireland being a little bit behind. Um, Obviously, the UK is, I'd say, a bit ahead of Ireland in terms of fitness, but I'd say Australia, again, is even further ahead than this side of the world. They're just so conscious of their health, what they eat, their training facilities. Um, they're just so open-minded to things as well. It's like they've just ingrained this lifestyle into themselves that like, they're just so open-minded as to what to do and mm. like are very receptive to whatever you try and kind of they trust you they trust the process um yeah i, I found it was it was a great experience yeah yeah i i i've noticed that uh, a lot that australia seems to be really up there when it comes to training and you know a lot of, a lot of great fitness podcasts come from there and the mind muscle project is probably one of the inspirations yeah. behind me ever wanting to do a podcast uh, yeah, yeah. and i would say obviously United States would be probably up there along with Australia, but I don't know. Australia seems to be very health conscious. And when you compare the total levels of health consciousness from Australia to the United States, then you have to pick one winner there. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Australia <laughs> maybe just edges it a wee bit. <laughs> just a wee bit. <laughs> no, I think there's something, there is something about Australia that, that have like a, 
a real tradition of being physically active. And, you know, you think of Australia, you think of beaches, you think of Bondi Beach, you think of uh, <laughs> yeah. people keeping fit. And I don't know, maybe it, it's just what we think looking in over there, but you obviously seen it. Yeah, well, as I, as I kind of touched upon before, I got chased by a kangaroo and all seriousness, <laughs> like a chased by a seven-foot kangaroo. So you need to be physically prepared for that happening over there because it's like a scary place. So yeah. yeah, you need to look after your, your fitness because you'd be dead otherwise. There's too many dangerous <laughs> things. Oh, fuck, man. Uh, when I see pictures of big-ass spiders and shit, I'm oh, that'll put me off going to Australia. I do not like the big-ass fucking, <sighs> fucking spiders, but I'd I'd get on with it. I'm 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 just being a wee pussy. <laughs> yeah, well, look, it's as strange. The first, as I said, I was living out in the bush for the first kind of two weeks I was there, and the size of some of those little fuckers. You can't even <laughs> fuckers are like dogs. Some of them, but the first wee while you were there, you're just shocked by how many you see. But after you're there for four or five days, I'm not saying you get used to them. It's just, they're just, they don't phase you as much. And I just mm. get used to hitting them with flip-flops and be prepared for them to jump at you all the time. But like, yeah, if you do, yeah, the effect does get lost. What is comforting is the last person who died from a spider bite was in 1972, as far as I'm aware. So it's a while well, back. That, that, that makes it a little bit better. You might get bitten, but you, you most likely won't die. Yeah, There's more chance of you turning into Spider-Man going by statistics <laughs> than there is you dying. Well, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah, it does actually. I had to think about that one for a second. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Not recommended. Don't, 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 don't try. Oh, we're back. Love it. <laughs> yeah, don't try and get bit by a spider on purpose. I wouldn't recommend that. Definitely not. And then making the transition, obviously, coming from Australia back, you went back home then, I assume, after that? Yeah, so after that, I kind of was given the opportunity that, because over there, you need to either do farm work to extend your visa or you need yeah. sponsorship. So um, my personal training over there kind of progressed to kind of assistant manager in the job that I was, I was well, the gym that I was working in. At the time, it kind of then got taken over um, as a new manager and they had kind of big changes and they kind of offered me, they said, look, you can, we can now sponsor you, you can stay out here, but more or less we need you to guarantee that you're going to be here for kind of long term. Um, otherwise the decision was going home and because I kind of went by myself I know it, it wasn't ever the distance that got to me it was the time difference it's a really strange thing to think about like I, like going over myself football is a big part of my life in terms of like my Saturdays Sundays football's on every day of the week or used to before this shit kicked off <laughs> um, now I'm just watching replays um, and Bundesliga but, yeah and Bundesliga yeah um, but yeah, it was always that. So I kind of decided, yeah, you know what, going to come back, uh, come back. And you you get you kind of get in your head, if you can do, like, if you can get the level of success I did in Australia, then I can do it anywhere. Like, mm. literally, if you go to the other side of the world by yourself and you make it happen, then you can do do that anywhere. So um, went back to Glasgow, moved in with the parents again. Um, I'm sure they were glad about that considering they'd only just got rid of me. Um, <laughs> a year later, I'm knocking on the door saying I'm back. Um, so, Come back, mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, she was happy to see me for about a day. And then, you know, as it is with the parents, like they'll, it starts to get dawn on them that you're there and you're an inconvenience. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, came back. Uh, a few of my mates from 
back home, they like you get them in the UK, Pure Gym, the gym group, like the big, big chain gyms. Um, few Logo gym. In. Yeah. That's what I think of whenever <laughs> I see all them gyms. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, literally. So, one of my one of my best mates worked in the gym, um, and they said to me, "Look, I can get you an interview if you want. To, sorry, if you want to come come along." And mm. I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, come along, give a crack." Um, yeah, done a trial shift, got a got a job there, and again, was working in. It was, it was strange. Like it was almost like the month beforehand, I was working in the sun in Australia with like half half naked people because everybody's like outdoors and all that and then like yeah. a month later i'm then in one of the kind of poorest areas of glasgow where everybody wrapped up nobody's got any money and like they don't value fitness or health at all so it was a bit of a culture shock to be honest coming back uh, as much as i've done personal training beforehand uh, i was working in the hilton at the time so you got a different not class of people but you got different kind of yeah, you get different people coming into the Hilton with different kind of mindsets and yeah. uh, monetary values, whereas going to there was a real culture shock where, being honest, it was kind of the most challenging part of my personal training career because it was the only time I could probably look back and go, that wasn't successful. Um, along with it not being close to my house at the time, it was also just... I kind of went for the wrong reasons. My mates were there, which is never a good idea going somewhere just because your mates are there. Didn't know enough about it. I think I went in with a certain, not arrogance as such, but I went in to think, yeah, I'll do this, no problem. And didn't quite appreciate the graft needed to have to get that done at that time in my life. So you always come away, nothing's ever a failure. Like in the sense that it probably taught me more than anything else I've ever done. But I do remember going through the winter at that point going, this is tough like there was a lot of hard mornings hard nights and just days where you you're kind of sitting in the dark literally at home because if anyone doesn't know personal training you don't get a wage as such like it's very rare that anyone's going to pay you unless you're working for like up or something like you're not going to get a wage for doing personal training so you're you're kind of yourself generating your own income and as much as there wasn't rent to pay you had to do specific hours to pay that rent so Mm -hmm. like so you exchange time for rent. So I was, I think, two shifts a week. And I end, end up having to force myself to go in more and more and more. But the more you kind of, I think your mindset dictates this a lot, but the more you go in and don't get a positive response, you start, at, at that time, I started to back off a little bit. And mm. just sitting in my house in the dark, kind of really questioning my decisions as to coming home and everything else. Um it starts chipping uh, away, doesn't it? Uh, whenever, uh, yeah, whenever you get told no, 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 no. I there's the one strange thing I found over here with PT in, in a lot of places. Um it's very different because a lot of the places where you end up working, the value on fitness mightn't be there and you're essentially gonna get told no, no, no a lot, a lot, a lot before yeah. you're ever gonna say it's get somebody to say yes and it just chips away at you slowly. But there's always lessons we learn there, as you pointed out. Yeah, it's it's persistence, as, as you said, like it is an accumulation effect. When uh, that works in a positive sense as well, and I think that's mm-hmm. what you need to realise. It's just that I think the power of now is based on just positive thoughts, but again, that works negatively. Um, that was it. It was just trying to get through that, but learning the lessons. I think trying to make the environment work for me. So I ended up having a conversation with the gym manager at the time and said to him, "Look, 
obviously me and you both know right now it's not really working out. I think there's no point in trying to flog a dead horse here. Um, there was another gym. I, I just was like, I'll still stick with the gym group, but can I get a move somewhere that's closer to my house? Um, so that means at least I didn't have to, first of all, the expenditure and travel. And two, like you're physically taking an hour and a half, two hours each day trying to get there for some days nothing, which was pretty tough. So I got a move to the city centre gym. And I think also with the change in weather come February, March, when people have a bit of money, starting to get into summertime, things started to really go well again. And it was that kind of testing time as to, you start questioning your own existence, you know, where you're talking about, like, is this really what I want to do? Am I any good at it? And then you start getting imposter syndrome going, yeah. how have I got this far? What am I doing? So, yeah, it was, it was a tough time, but it came out well. And I think those kind of days and hours have served me pretty well, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, touched on it well there with uh, imposter syndrome. I think anybody who does anything where you're kind of putting yourself out there uh like you, you obviously put out a lot of content and you're you're coaching when you're out there trying to uh, get clients you're obviously talking about training or whatever else sometimes it can be hard uh, you just you think why why would anybody want to listen to me i i don't know it and I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm only faking it i i didn't really uh train all these people but kind of yeah. that, that as you're saying that uh, accumulation of like negative maybe thing when you get told no 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 and accumulation and just chips away and then you start realize you start thinking did i really do all those things or was it was i just lucky but uh i think it just takes that little bit of persistence as you said and and i'll let you continue your story but i'm sure it's going to come out positive as we go along <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say it's been really negative so far <laughs> <laughs> just uh throwing all the negativity out there um no, no uh, yeah so it's like i um, worked it worked in the city center gym that started going really well I got a wee group of people that I'd done body pump with in the morning, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I got the tunes on, that fat man scoop, DJ Sammy. Oh, had yeah. Logo. Yeah, can't Brooklyn beat it. Quang. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> doing some, nothing better to do reverse lunges to. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I had a wee group doing that, which was good, because you actually start, you start, it's funny, when things aren't working for you, everything's terrible. But see, when things are working for you, you get that bounce in your step, and mm. you're, you're, again, all of a sudden, like, it's sunny like it's not that i control the weather but you know just everything looks brighter so you're kind of going yeah buzzing to get into work buzzing because you then start to chat people around the gym floor like because you know a few people um and then all of a sudden it doesn't take long for you to start getting clients because you're in a positive mind for people want to be around you even just like the way you're chatting so like i found myself again getting back to that point where i was doing really well again and uh, moving on from there, kind of went on a cruise. I uh, had a kind of two-week holidays on a cruise and uh, met my current girlfriend, Jen, on the, on the cruise ship. Uh, we're both, again, on holiday. We were long distance for a year after that, back and forth. Um, and then took the move to come to the town. So On yeah, the town. On the town, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how it comes full circle. That's, yes, that's, that's how I'm here. There's my CV laid out in a plate. <laughs> Man, that's brilliant. Hey? I, I, I love hearing I love hearing shit like that. That is a brilliant story. And uh I'd say what 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 was the like uh what was the 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 pressure like whenever you're making that decision, you know, decide to move all the way to this small town in Ireland. 
Do you know what I think I didn't think about it too much, which is probably a good thing. Again, similar yeah. to a lot of decisions that I've made, I think that just not allowing it to fester for too long is a good I know it's big decisions, it does need some thought, but realistically like if you overanalyze everything, isn't it? nothing's ever gonna happen. So paralysis by analysis. That's the one by <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I was it was it was an easy enough decision, and to be honest, what it was always kind of discussed between me and Jen what would happen if she was coming across there, or I was sorry, coming across to Glasgow, and I was coming across here. Um, my parents, I could tell when I came back from Australia that things weren't quite right. Um, it wasn't like an overnight thing, but I could just tell that, like, my my mum all of a sudden started going to like five or six different like classes. She started going to like a spiritualist church and started like hanging about with like uh she had a new circle of friends and then my dad I just noticed was drinking a lot more like it was i mean saturdays and sundays we'd normally have a drink and watch the football but i mean like this was like i remember coming home one sunday and just finding that he had a few too many drinks and was was kind of sleeping on the couch at six o'clock so end up having a conversation with my mom and i was like here what's the the happening and she didn't tell me at the time she just said that dad's work was stressful and all that but kind of just so uh moving on kind of a couple of months later she said to me and my sister she was like look me and your dad aren't going to be together anymore but there's, there's nothing major happened it just over time just the relationships on her eyes had kind of dissipated so with that they were selling the family home that as i said before i was moved from australia back to and i was getting very comfortable in so um at that point, kind of just made the decision, look, I'm going to have to move and there's going to be big changes anyway. Didn't particularly want to have to choose between them who I wanted to live with. And bear in mind, I was starting up my own business. I was kind of like, don't really have the expendable income to start spending on kind of a house or flat for myself. So um, just, yeah, that was kind of the decision made really at that point to yeah. kind of go, right, yeah, that's me. It's, that's a sign to say, get going. That's it. And like, you know, people be like, oh, I want a sign for me to do something like that. Sometimes it can be as simple as that. You're faced with two choices. Well, it seemed like two choices. Go with your mum or go with your dad. But then the third choice was go to Little Dundalk. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the golden choice. <laughs> yes, it's the best town in the world. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> Why do you like Dundalk so much? Um, I just think that, like, it's a small town, but it's also a large town uh, in the sense that, like, you go there and everybody kind of knows everybody, which at first was a bit strange. Um, not going to lie, I found that very strange. But I now find that, like, when you're here longer and you start getting chatting with people, it's very easy to get introduced to other people. It's very easy to kind of go out if you're going to a pub all of a sudden you know something and they know something you get chatting and as you kind of use the word in Ireland you have great crack like I, I was going to give you a very blunt answer when you asked what I like about Dundalk and just say I like the cinema the old one because it smells of piss but I like the old cinema <laughs> fuck the new cinema nah, I'm only joking <laughs> yeah all about that popcorn yeah oh it's the best popcorn man I remember yeah. when you used to do butter though that was oh, butter popcorn back in the day in that old cinema Bless. That from my fitness pal. Uh, I didn't even know what my fitness pal was back then, thank God. <laughs> <Good old> times. He's <laughs> uh, right. Uh, but it's glad uh, I, it actually made me think about my stance on, on the dog. Obviously, I love home, uh, but 
maybe I don't love it enough that that's why I'm living over here. But whenever you started talking about that, I was like, you know, it's so different to over here. And uh, over here, I don't know any of my neighbors. I don't uh, know anybody yeah. in my surrounding area. I have mates. It's not often that you see them. Definitely not now, obviously. But di didn't really see people that often because London's quite a busy place and we're all spread out. And it's so different to back home where I could, if I lived in Dundalk in the town, if I walked for five minutes, there's no way I wouldn't meet somebody I knew. Yeah. Yeah, like there's pros and cons to that. Like you, you sometimes just want to go out and have a quiet walk to yourself, and I'm sure that works a lot better for you where you are now. But as you said, there's sometimes something quite nice about bumping into people to sometimes brighten up your day. Absolutely, <laughs> depends who it is. <laughs> <laughs> or could go the other way. Who knows? It depends. Yeah. If it, it depends if you had a few drinks the night before. You don't want to be seeing anybody that the day after. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> no need for that. That's that's why you stay indoors and you get the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> the delivery, yeah. Just eats been a godsend. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's raking in the money back home now. Oh, There's a lot of places that never did that delivery, just started opening up and people doing cocktails delivered in Everton. I've seen that, yeah. I've seen some videos of chicken wings, like the amount of chicken wings that are getting thrown about are unreal. Oh, stop, stop. Um, yeah. yeah, I have to say... I've got a few deliveries myself over since lockdown kicked in. The one another positive about over here compared to back home is delivery. Uh, the the takeaway game is different over here. Yeah, more choices. Yeah. What's uh, would you have like in Ireland? Like I be if I go home, I have to get a chippy. I have to go to Tony's or somewhere like that. Uh, every time I go home, it's like my little taste of home. Obviously, I'll get a bit of my mother's cooking. But is there anything when you go back home to Glasgow that you like to go for a bite to eat? Or even go for a pint. We're asking questions now. Um, well, first of all, it's a lot cheaper in Glasgow for pints. So you never oh, just have the yeah. yeah, yeah. You get change oh, like yeah. you, those those things when you hand over a note, you get back coins. Like it's an unheard of concept over here. Um, <laughs> I and we don't even fucking use paper money over here. It's all card, and it's never yeah. less than fucking six pound a pint. <laughs> No, you're all right. Like, well, I'm saying that I've never turned down a pint. Uh, so, yeah, no, when I'm home, I, I do like, like, there's you get square sausage in Scotland. Like, it's, I don't know, you don't even get anything close to here. I think it's, um, it's, it's literally like a steak lawn. It's just, it, it's square. It, it doesn't taste like normal sausage. It's unreal. I'm telling you, like, definitely if you're in Scotland, I think you, I don't know if you get them in London, but. If you're in Scotland at any point, get yourself a square sausage. Unreal. What's the macros like in that? Oh, I would never check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, honestly. That the I, battered Mars bar originated in Glasgow. I'd heard that everyone when I came over here actually started asking me, oh, yeah, what's a battered Mars bar like? And I'm like, I don't know, I've never tried one. So I actually had to, on a trip home, try a battered Mars bar so I could give people an answer to that. Verdict. Have you ever tried one? Never. Uh, verdict. It's not really the texture or taste you would expect. It was pleasantly nice, um, but I wouldn't be go running back for another one. I'd give it an 8 out of 10. That's not a bad rating. Um, I, I, my stomach shudders a little bit when I think of a battered Mars bar, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm uh, feeling a bit ropey today, to be honest. I'm not, <laughs> well, that's probably not, not fancy that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what would be, if you have a kryptonite when it comes to food, what would it be? I wouldn't say food as such. I've got cider is definitely like my kind of, yeah, that's my kryptonite when it comes to any calorie 
rich kind of uh, sources would be would be cider, a uh, massive cider fan. I don't like see that like light ciders. Um, yeah, not for not not for me. Just it doesn't taste like the real thing. So you want the fucking real thing. I like. I wouldn't get light beer myself if I'm gonna get a pint. I get a pint of half. Don't don't know half light. Do you get that here? Do you get harp over in London? No, you don't, no. man. I first year and a half I was working in my uncle's bar over here, and I wanted to get a keg of harp delivered. I wanted to get bottles of harp delivered. I looked everywhere, couldn't get it. Absolutely fucking sick. So I only oh. ever get harp when I go home, and when I go home, I make myself glutton. I just fucking feed pints every time. <laughs> yeah, that, that needs to be done. The taste of home. The taste of home. But I think, you know, a lot of people when it comes to uh, fitness and rarely in podcasts that, uh, that I have people talking about, you know, enjoying themselves or going out for pints. It's obviously they do mention a little bit about balance, but I don't think it's, it's kind of a forgotten part of uh, health, which is socializing. You know, if you need, you need to have a social life as well to be healthy. Uh, obviously, there's people that take it too far on one end of the spectrum. Um, yeah. Ireland, you know, well known for its drinking culture. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? Um, do you think there's much of a difference in drinking culture in Dundalk as opposed to where, when you were back home? Uh, it's funny you've mentioned that. Um, originally, not really. I think, again, because I was in a place myself where I was drinking a lot because of the stresses, mum and dad splitting up and everything. I possibly didn't notice it at first. But being here a bit longer and looking at kind of coping mechanisms and kind of obviously having a kind of wide array of clients from different backgrounds and relationships with people there is it's a lot more common for people to kind of be on the verge of what i deem alcoholism mm -hmm. um but it being socially accepted as not having a problem um and i'm sure he's grand yeah sure he's grand yeah 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 just likes a drink like, he just loves the crack yeah like yeah, that, 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 that's 100% what it is. But I, I think you touched on the point there is, I think on one sense, like people try to tell you about balance, but then you get all these mixed messages about what that actually means. I think that for me, I, like I have a, I said, I said to you uh, on the call, I was like, Saturday is my drinking night. Like I, I just, I have a Saturday and that kind of gets out of the system doesn't mean that if there's something on at some point I might not have a drink during the week or something else but it would be more rare than it would be common mm. um, and that's not to say that like if you have one or two on a Monday Wednesday or Thursday you're an alcoholic but there's some people who are so dependent on it it's it, it is, they're not they're not drinking for the right reasons and I've noticed that a lot over here but the, the denial to actually seek out kind of not help but just kind of deal with the source problem mm. Yeah, and uh, I also think I think it's it's because it is so socially accepted. They can kind of hide in how socially accepted it is as well. You know, if somebody doesn't want to change their drinking habits, they'll make sure they're in a group of people that have similar enough drinking habits. And it's very easy to do in Ireland. But like, you just go to any pub, you'll meet people. You know. Yeah, as you, yeah, exactly. Especially like here in this town as well. You go to a pub on a Friday, and you'll see the same people there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and but there is that social aspect to it, and that's how it's so hard to break out a routine of doing that. Like, I could see how easy it could be to have a routine. Like, my my family has a history of alcoholism, and I can see certain kind of 
tinges of that coming through on me sometimes. Like I need to be very careful about what I do because of my addictive kind of personality or traits. But mm. I can see how easily that habit could be to just see go to a Friday if you've got nobody else, especially like especially if you've got nobody else. Like if you're in like a situation where you you've not got a great support network and you want to start socialising. I could see how it's easy to go to a pub Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because it's the same people there. And as you said, they're all, it's kind of masked and to not have a problem because it's accepted because they're all doing the same habit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think, um, obviously there's, there's a lot of pubs in the dark. Like it's, I, I, I it's, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, drinking. I think you should be able to enjoy your drink. Uh, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not passionate. Uh, um, I talk, I'm definitely not passionate. I love a drink. I had four or five Alabama Slammers Friday night. Uh, I was in the hoop yesterday. Um, <laughs> all that orange juice isn't good. Um, like I worked in bars for, for years and my dad runs a bar in Dundalk um, on Anne Street there. Uh, the big house, do you know it? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, mentioned yeah. it to me before, I think. Yeah. So it's not like I'm talking about it. Um, in a bad sense, I love love a drink, uh, but there is obviously some downsides and stigma related around it. And I think some people are on the opposite end where they don't enjoy themselves or they abstain from things like drinking because they don't want the calories. But I think that you can do it do it in a smart way. Um, you're speaking about my fitness pal. If you get in the local uh, mixers and a spirit, throw it into my fitness pal. It's not going to add into add up to fuck all. Yeah. And when it comes to weight loss. Uh, like things like that. What 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 are some other areas that people tend to overlook or maybe underestimate its importance? Uh, with, with weight loss. With weight loss, yeah. Like the, speaking about like alcohol is yeah. one of them. People think you can't drink whenever you're trying to lose weight. Yeah, I, I think just in general weight loss. I think kind of what's under kind of undermined would be your kind of non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So mm. a lot of people think if they go to like you always especially 10 years ago, I think this is where it's originated from. But people say, oh, how long did you spend in the gym? How many gym sessions did you get? Um, do you go to the gym? You have kind of constantly bombarded with the gym. I think people sometimes overestimate how many calories they burn in the gym and underestimate how many calories they burn outside of it. Or sorry, they don't appreciate what walking could do for you or what choosing the stairs over an escalator as or one of my pet hates is when you see somebody standing still on a travelator um where yeah. they're kind of doing the complete opposite of what that's meant to do but um, they'll go and stand on a walk on a treadmill for an hour <laughs> yeah, but yeah 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 100 percent. i just i i think that the value of doing kind of neat would or like your non-exercise activity thermogenesis is just that like you you would if you actually looked at how many calories you would burn outside of that like if you just started doing a walk every day and not so much i'm not on the kind of wagon of starting to prescribe people steps all the time because i think that can start to cause issues um when you start to tell people that if they've not got ten thousand steps then they're lazy or they've not yeah. done enough or whatever i think sometimes you're better it depends on the person again this is our yeah. jobs as coaches to kind of as a tool for measurement it shouldn't be something that has to be kind of abided by but i would always recommend to my clients like if you can get a walk done like i tell them the sessions you do outside of me regardless of your goals put on a podcast and get walking like just fuel your body and your mind with like just that just that walk um 
And I, I do take it that the weather is not always great, but most people, if they just parked their car a wee bit further away from their work or when they're doing a shop, just took the stairs instead of the escalator, I think you'd find that the difference in body composition and general well-being would be massive as opposed to having to drastically cut out the things they like in life on my fitness pal. Now that doesn't mean you get a green light to start eating everything that you fucking want. But realistically, I think it was Bruce Lee that said we're not here to put everything in boxes and live by set structures. It's about going outside of that and to a large extent enjoying yourself, just being clever about it. Absolutely. I'm so glad that a Bruce Lee quote has been put in already. First podcast. Uh, yeah. Bruce Lee has been <laughs> yeah. quoted already. Fucking winning. <laughs> I, I, hope that's an, I hope that's an accurate one and I've not just made that up or misquoted them, but yeah. Give a shit. I, I, I'm, I'm giving you the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think meat is massively overrated, man. Massively. Um, and absolutely individual. Uh, anything, anything you uh, get asked a client to do, it shouldn't be always the same. There has to be that individual element to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm big, and that yeah, I'm happy that you pointed that out. Um, I think one thing that's overlooked is doing active things as well as like actively going uh, and choosing an active thing to do on a day off, like going out for a hike. Obviously, it's yeah. different now. We're talking about whenever we do have some sense of normal, uh, normal life. But going for a hike, or maybe going for a cycle, or trying something that's active maybe you go out to a local park with your with your family or your friends have a picnic and have a kick around uh just getting that activity in it doesn't have to be structured it doesn't have to be always planned just fucking right we'll go get this ball we'll go for a little kick around yeah, with your mates 100%, yeah 100 percent. who's ever came back from a kick around with their mates and felt bad about it never great yeah. crack you're taking the social side of things you're getting your activity in and you're also challenging the brain a little bit if you're playing football yeah, 100%. Sorted. Uh, yeah, I think I, I, one person one person that started really pushing that knee, uh, Darren Cartel, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he put yeah. up that knee 24-7. And I don't care how many times you t- hashtags it, it can never be understated how important knee is. Yeah, I don't think it is as widely popular with, I'm going to use the word, fitness charlatans because you can't, make money from it like a lot of especially we're in this day and age where you have screens everywhere i think if you look at statistics like 20 years ago most people had one screen in their home and now we have like that i think every person like at any time usually got two screens within like two meters of them i've got three i've got this my phone and my tv (laughs) in front of me yeah yeah (laughs) yeah literally so you've got you've got constant access Again, giving people a plat. I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but uh, yeah. giving pe- giving people a platform to speak is a great thing, but it's also a poor thing in the sense that I feel that people have stopped reading books for information and have started taking it from people with blue ticks mm. uh, on their Instagram, and it's just the information they get. And as much as there are some great people, as you mentioned, Darren Cartel and the rest that are putting out positive information for every person that is like that. There's also one or two others who are doing the complete opposite. And I kind of, during this time at quarantine, I've tried to spend a bit more time off of social media personally, just so that like everybody appears to me that seems to be a kind of fitness guru or has their own kind of take on things. But a lot of it, you can start to see the best and worst in people. Like the stuff you're putting out is great. And there are, Others I know that are putting out great stuff, but you do 
sometimes see the worst in people and there's people trying to make a quick buck off of people's anxieties and kind of guilt them into certain things and I just I find that very difficult to to kind of look at right now and again people telling you you have to be prescribed to this certain exercise and coaches I wouldn't even call them coaches but people who kind of need to be self-served in the sense that your clients can never leave you and they don't actually leave you knowing anything more than they did in the first place um your job or our job is to make people better and to to, to educate them um, send them off into the sunset then after however long it takes them to get to where they need to get there yeah and literally i think that works in the sense that like i think you're kidding yourself on if you're ever going to have a client that is going to be with you forever everything has a shelf life but realistically it's not a bad business model because if you get someone results regardless of what those results are whether it be sports specific or aesthetics then people are going to ask them how they got them and that's going to come straight back to you and that's where you start to get more people coming to you and you can help more people the problem that i have with neat not being well understood or kind of put out there is because people haven't found a way to make money off of NEAT um, in the sense that it's non-exercise activity thermogenesis so it really should be done by mistake or not planned so how do you make money off something that's not meant to be planned that's the truth that is the truth I'm sure somebody will find a way to make money off NEAT sometime soon oh, I'm sure they will but <laughs> <laughs> if it's not me or you if it's you you can Fuck definitely them. <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> brilliant man uh and one thing i i, I do like uh, about your yourself is uh part of your tagline on instagram uh you must be you, you are a fan of video games we were having a little chat oh yeah and uh i was one of them kids who played video games for five six hours in a row when i got home from school when gta san andreas was out man i completed that <laughs> shit so fast i went over to me mates to complete missions for them i was that freak kid uh, oh, yes. when i was growing up uh, do you think that uh, playing video games uh, has helped you in any way, shape, or form as an adult, like either with dealing with situations or even just simple hand-eye coordination-related things? Yeah, I think, like, just first of all, the progression that you have in video games, I mean, that's, that gets me excited. Um, in the sense that, like, you can start absolutely sucking at something, like, terrible beyond belief, and then over time, you develop a level of mastery of it and again as you said you can start going around to your mate's house and you can either help them with things that they've kind of can't do themselves yet or like you can scalp them at like call of duty or fifa or whatever you choose to do or i think you're a big ufc fan so i'm mm. sure you're dishing out some elbows um, <laughs> social distancing Plenty. is not a thing on the playstation definitely um, not close quarters so, yes exactly so um yeah i think just on the understanding uh, of the fact that what you can do in a video game can kind of you can you can take that into real life as well like i think if i mean you get two extremes of it but like i think if the amount of young men or i'm saying men because i'm going with a stereotype here that play video games um as a child or even now would could apply the amount of time and effort and the thing is you can deal with failure in a game because you want to progress mm. the problem is when we take that to outside a lot of the time because there's emotion involved with real life situations then we tend to give up so if you're not giving up on a game if you give up on a game the first time you die um 
then you're not going to end up going too far. The first time you get uh, hit by a puzzle or the first time you get beat at FIFA. Mm. Like you, you wouldn't ever develop that level of mastery, but we're so keen to kind of give up the first hurdle that we get in a lot of situations in real life. And I just think reminding yourself of that is, is, a, is a good way to progress in real life. Absolutely, and the puzzle solving uh, element of it, which you just mentioned, like uh, Resident Evil, uh, you're a fan of Resident Evil, I love Resident Evil. It's the games like that where you do have to use a lot of thinking involved. I think that can really help you with you know, puzzle solving in real life because I could even consider our jobs as uh, we're puzzle solvers, like figure out what it, it takes for somebody to get to what result they're looking for. It's still it's like a puzzle to a degree, and that sort of t- uh, thought process, I think, you can start that with video games and if you use it wisely, it can definitely affect how you do things in real life. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you're speaking about Resident Evil there. I was playing the, <laughs> the, re- the remake of the second and the third one uh, recently and you're just constantly getting chased by, like, the, on the second one, it's Mr. X, who's a scary motherfucker as it is. I so. hate that fucker. I'm stuck yeah. in that bitch on, on, on the remake. He scares <laughs> yeah. the shit out of me, man. I, I Whenever he came first, I paused the game. I was like, nah, I can't be having that. I'm just going to pause and settle for a second. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I was the same. I cannot. I can only at first for the first couple of days could only play it in twenty minute bursts because your heart rate is going. Positive news though is that the study has been done to say that because of the increase in heart rate and concentration in a game, you burn more calories at rest than you would. Hashtag nice. Hashtag neat. There you are. <laughs> you have that one for free. Video games <laughs> equals neat. That this is the hot take for today. Yeah, I'm telling you, we'll, we'll have a business plan sorted by the end of this chat. Video games and games. There you go. Don't steal that. Any ever, Anybody who heard that, don't fuck it. Actually, I'm not releasing this podcast. <laughs> you're going to have to delete that, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I think uh, video games is one thing that people really stop playing early enough. And I don't know if it's lack of interest with it or a lot of the time it's just not socially acceptable as much when you get older. Yeah, you are right in that sense. I do feel that there is some sort of yeah social bias against playing video games when you get to a certain age. Um, as 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 I kind of mentioned by a stereotype, it's kind of I think when you look at like like programs like South Park and everything else, like they always have that character who's like a fat gamer nerd and they just like they box them as a stereotype. And I think that has carried over to real life a wee bit, where it is kind of looked down upon or frowned upon sometimes if, if I mean if somebody's chatting to you and they say oh what did you get up to I just sat and played Resident Evil and they kind of sometimes if that that's an alien concept to them and mm. they're just they can't understand the reasons yeah and uh, what I don't uh, what I I thought about this a while back when some, somebody explained video games to me as in it was what video games really are it's created by somebody it's created by a group of people it's essentially a piece of art really that you can yeah. play and I think when you look at the graphics there is nowadays, there's no doubt in that it is an art form. And as, as much as looking at a piece, at a painting or reading a book, I would consider that in the same form as art as that. Obviously, it, it's a, a strange piece of art because anyone can play it. Yeah. Look, you're touching on something, and this is going to sound weird for what's a fitness podcast, right? But just, just hang with me with this one, right? So there is a conspiracy theory that 
we are actually living in a simulation. Oh, so, yeah, it's starting now. Fuck me, podcast yeah. one, and we're on the simulation theory. <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> so you've had Bruce Lee in the simulation, right? So aren't you lucky? So they, they've done, a, apparently they've conducted studies to say that there is more chance there's not of us living in a simulation. The only thing that ever got, have you played Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, so when I started playing it, and you kind of go through, like you're just riding about in your horse casually, but no two gamers have the same experience because out of nowhere, all of a sudden, you can have, like the, the animals interact with each other with, mm. no, with, with no kind of script. So they're literally, it's organic. The graphics are unreal. It's got a dynamic weather system. Um, and with the things happening at random and the way that your character interacts with the with the landscape and the people around it. No two players have the same experience. So have, have you seen the new PS5 or the Unreal Engine 5 that was released? Uh, the trailer I haven't. For it? I haven't, no. Mind-boggling. Like, you look at the graphics and the way that, like, textures... Like, it actually looks... I was going to say better in real life. I don't know how fucking can look better than real life. But Sometimes they fucking can. You ever see some cars? And I think it's cars in games. They tend to look fucking class. There, there was that thing what, last year where the guy couldn't, the guy who worked for I think it was like Nissan couldn't tell the difference between like a real car and a video game car, but that's mm. how close we're getting right now. So what's to say that anyway? That's that's the the conspiracy theory on that. There is a movie. There is a movie that is a terrible movie. Don't watch it. I watched it recently, but it's a, it's a movie. I can't remember the name of it, but essentially it is about life being a simulation and how it starts glitching and stuff. The concept is great. The movie was terrible. Yeah, well, you know, look, we have The Matrix. That's uh, uh, one of the earliest uh, uh, movies that I can remember watching. And Deja Vu. Yeah. Deja Vu, and yeah, it's all about simulation. This is getting a little bit too... Uh, overwhelmed for me can we move on <laughs> oh no that, no no i'm only messing no i simulation that, theory that kind of I, monsters hit the bloodstream i'm telling oh, yeah. you yeah <laughs> i uh, i watched uh, quite a few podcasts and simulation theory before every time i watch one i seem to understand it even uh, under understand it even less i think but yeah. um yeah you're right though uh, it's strange when you play a game that nobody can get the same experience and i think that's what brings it brings me back to games a lot of the time like even if you play a game as simple as FIFA, you're never going to get the same exact gameplay experience as you did the last game. You might. Uh, well, I tend to. I get pumped every time that I play it. <laughs> <laughs> you must be a bad FIFA player then. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the thing is scripted. EA will just want me to lose until I start paying them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, I think we're both, we're both giving video games the props it deserves. And it's funny, we've talked for almost an hour now at this stage and we haven't talked training at all we talk about non-active non-exercise active thermogenesis so we technically haven't even talked training once training, i think yeah. we're gonna have to do another podcast all together when it comes to training stuff <laughs> yeah i think you're probably right on that one <laughs> <laughs> but um one thing i did want to ask you about is why do you have such a dislike towards using toasters in home workouts um, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? You see all these people that are posting home markets. I know some of them are getting creative. It was it was good uh, it, for me. It was good at first, but when it started getting into week one and two, and people get started getting a bit thirsty for likes, and they were just yeah. it was almost like they're trying to outdo each other. And yeah, I just kind of made a wee 
passive aggressive video on that just to highlight how toasters should be used for making burnt toast rather than anything else yeah i was okay when i saw the first couple but then when you see every next person doing the same exact thing you know a bit of originality and being genuine uh, helps a lot every now and then yeah no 100 percent. i just I, I, what grabs me more is the people who are not qualified to do so thrown out kind of disingenuous disingenuous kind of exercises where you're combining what should be a lunge but you've lunged and then you're doing like four overhead presses like two kilogram weights and just like what was the point in lunging other than just to make it look like you're doing something more complicated surely you're taken away from the lunge anyway yeah yeah it, no context behind exercise is is never really a great thing because the end of the day they're just movements that don't have any end purpose if you don't have context behind it yeah you're just exercising not training like yeah there there's no, yeah it's random it's not it's not training it has to be structured um if you want to find out more uh kyle done a recent po- uh, post on that he'll he'll detail you all in that post <laughs> yeah yeah link in bio, <laughs> link in bio. <laughs> i have an interesting question for you and I think it's because you have a similar stance towards social media as I do and phones and it, it, how much they capture our attention. And I thought of a great similarity and I wanted, you to, I wanted the, you to discuss which do you think is worse for people's health, McDonald's or social media? Ooh, that's a good question. And because... I am, I'm going to set the context. We all know it, it, it's not the thing itself that is generally the issue but let's just take the things themselves as is and we go from there yeah Yeah, i think you could argue that social media and in particular instagram is the fast food of social media so fast food is great it's convenient it tastes nice but perhaps shouldn't make up the bulk of your diet so I i think jamie alderton has a quote of what you put into your body affects how you look and how you feel and what you put around the wrong way but yeah what you put into your mind affects how you feel and your outlook in life and what you put into your body is how you look and I think sometimes that fueling your body with constant bits we're now getting conditioned for Instagram I'm going to just go Instagram um, being specific because it's the most used app that we have getting conditioned to kind of have stimulatory overload and we just don't dig in deep enough nowadays i mean we are part of the problem is we've got so conditioned to just giving something less than a second and just dismissing it and sometimes then giving something less than a second and taking it as gospel so mm-hmm. this is where the spread of bad information sometimes kind of can happen very quickly i mean you only need to look at even facebook when you've got an auntie who just shares kind of these big political speeches and facts and figures without you know it's not researched but it's very easy to push an agenda yeah push an agenda you only need to look at like the documentary on netflix and again i'm not saying that that is gospel either because that has an agenda but you only need to see how easy it is to push an agenda through social media that's why data had overtaken oil in terms of one of the kind of in terms of its price on the stock market like data is so valuable because companies can use it you go on youtube and you're getting hit with three or four adverts at a time you've got things on facebook that target kind of what you've been looking at outside of facebook without your knowledge like everything that you do again this is where i was listening to i was listening to the audiobook atomic habits um 
I think it was in that book that he was saying that you don't actually hear any other viewpoints other than your own because social media, you think you're seeing different information, but once you click a certain data type and you start to get that in your head, the only articles that you start to see are things that back that up. So it's very easy to get biased towards that. So I think that is dangerous in one sense. And to go on to your fast food is... Yeah, fast food is dangerous when it makes up the kind of biggest bulk of your diet because you're not it's not exactly full of nutrition. Um, you could probably just say pretty much say exactly what I just said about kind of social media and take that onto a diet point of view. Just yeah. I'd say it's again without being a cliche, it is all about balance. There is a time for fast food and there is a time for social media. I think we can use that incorporate as a healthy diet, but to make up the bulk of it is where it starts to get a bit dangerous. Absolutely. I should have just said that at the start without going on a rant. Hey, you need the context, man. Just talking about the exercises, you need the context before you make the statement. And that the context is when you go from listening to something and believing it straight away and actually understanding it and then believing it. So you're yeah, doing, you're, you're, you're after uh, fulfilling what you were talking about there a second ago, not just believing something by reading it for a second. So fair play. Uh, yes. Right. We will finish off with the last few questions I have now. A lot of different podcasts do final questions and all like that. So yep. what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm going to have some simple enough questions, but I also don't want to be repeating what other people ask in other podcasts. I want to yeah, keep yeah. it in, interesting as well. Uh, so Go we start on, off, we'll keep it, we'll keep it related to, obviously we're in isolation at the moment. And by the time this goes out, we'll probably still all be in isolation. Um, but what's one thing that you've done in isolation that you wouldn't do? Only for isolation come in. Um, good question. Uh, I have revisited some of my university textbooks. Um, I have started reading through like the essentials of exercise physiology. It's not exactly got a riveting story. Um, to be honest, it's one of those ones I'm trying to just read a couple of pages at a time. I mean, there is no context to it, and you're just getting seen scientific charts and kind of data but it's one of those ones since 2014 when I left uni it's just been gathering dust and I've always said I'll go back to it but it is funny your your mind's capacity to hold information but perhaps not use it at times and it's just when you have to get a bit of a refresher on a lot of it it does make you think kind of what you're going to do afterwards so I'm absolutely buzzing to get my clients back and stuff because nice. kind of not saying it's stuck in my ways but you start to build up a philosophy and routine the things that work you mm. kind of start to take that a bit for granted and as much as people have different challenges like it's good to start getting fresh ideas again and i'm just absolutely buzzing to start working with people again just to implement that so i'd probably say it's forced me to take a step back to hopefully take two steps forward yeah class class and uh, I think I think that's important. Digging into the books every now and then is important, and even revisiting books that you've you've already read because there's always another message in there that you didn't really notice, or there's something yeah. else that you didn't take on fully. It might be in there, but you you don't remember. Like um, it, there's an app that I'm using at the moment, Elevate. It's like brain brain games. I usually yeah. don't play it yeah. on my phone. I usually don't use my phone for anything other than like working and contacting people. Um, but I decided to use it because I wanted to try and improve my speaking for podcasts and improve <laughs> improve my vocabulary and just the talk the uh, quicken the talk process when speaking. And from like 
seeing the words that they put onto those little games, I'm using them more uh, more often without even noticing that. And they're not words that I didn't know before. I knew them. I just don't uh, use them regularly. And it's funny how yeah. that just re- repeating, getting the reps in up here, it really has reps, reps, reps. Yeah. How, how reps. long? How long have you been using it for? I've only been using it for a few weeks, man, and I'm banging out all them uh, 10, 10 letter words. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them to yourself. Don't yeah. hit me with words I can't spell. <laughs> uh, well, that, that was a good answer. Uh, I'd say the one thing that I've done probably in isolation that I would not usually do is uh, bake, man. I fucking love baking. Bake. I ba- you bake. anything? No, I haven't burned anything. Uh, well, actually, the one thing that I baked in the last couple of weeks you don't actually have to bake it but it's a cheesecake so it's technically still baking i think unreal have you baked have you what's what's the most exciting thing you've baked biscoff cheesecake man yeah biscoff base biscoff drizzled all over biscoff crumbled all over on top of it just biscoff everywhere food porn food porn light light cream cheese though so you know keep the calories a little bit lower (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> friendly to my fitness pal there you go yeah and uh what's the best movie or series you've watched since isolation oh i i was late to the game ozark um have you seen mm-hmm. ozark haven't oh yeah people were banging on at me for a while saying watch ozark watch ozark um never really got into it for some reason i had in my head that it was swedish and dubbed over so i think i was thinking of something else um binge watch through the first like there's, I think there's only three series but I, I watched them all within the first week and a half of isolation <laughs> brilliant fair play I the best movie that I've watched in isolation it is a tough battle between the Mighty Ducks the first one I haven't watched it in years and then for series uh, definitely The Last Dance uh, Chicago Bulls documentary started watching that today I'm about 24 Five minutes into it, yeah. Fucking class. Michael Jordan was was the man back in the day, and I used to fucking idolize him. Watch Space Jam so many times when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, Space Jam. What a film that is. The Monsters. Actually, that's probably up there for the best film I've watched in isolation. I watched that last week. Forced the other half to watch it with me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a good enough watch, isn't it? It is. It's very good. It's funny. There's so many jokes in them kids' films that, like, you wouldn't understand as a child, but like they're dead yeah, funny worth, when you rewatch. Yeah, worth revisiting. Yeah, Roy. Hey, oh, <laughs> more messages in there that we forgot about. Uh, <laughs> next one now. I'm giving you a choice here. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a big, big man for music. Uh, I think you're a big man. You're into your reading, so you can double answer this. What's the right. best album that you've ever listened to, or the most influential album? And then what's the best book or most influential book? Um. So, you're going to, because I'm not very musically orientated. You can skip that one if you're not. I'm not going to skip it. I'm never going to duck out of it. Uh, Uh, There's two bands that I've had an affinity to it. And I just, one of them split up when they told me they were never going to split up. So, that's where my trust issues come from. So, busted. (laughs) Uh, What I go to school for. (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you their first album uh, and then their second a present for everyone I'm telling you when I was a child that was unreal so I used to I, I used to rock about with an air guitar like genuinely thinking I was no like, way Matt from Busted I actually got my hair dyed like like him when I got the blonde making um, and I'm going to tell you something now first concert what? I ever went to was Busted 
Yes. <laughs> That's fucking I, mad. I, I, I knew you were one of the boys. I knew you were one of the boys. <laughs> I had a connection with you the first time I talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. The busted connect. Uh, the second one uh, was the Arctic Monkeys. Um, loved the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, never got the opportunity to go and see them. They're, they're, we have a festival in Scotland called Tea in the Park. Mm. A music festival is kind of the last thing that excites me to be honest like not sleeping for three days getting piss thrown over you um yeah living in a flooded tent you're all right but they were playing it one year and was desperate to go and see them but i'd realized that i'd also booked my first lads holiday at the same time as it oh. uh, and obviously the lads holiday took precedence so lads, um, lads, lads. yeah yeah missed out on that one um in terms of your question about the book eh uh, read a good amount of books do you know what like I actually found, because so Alex Ferguson's book on leadership was was a big one, because always, I mean, you just need to look at Man United's performance since he left, and like even before he came in, the man literally was all about small details. It, it was a good balance between getting your methodology across, dealing with people and the cogs that go along with that, and managing to do it over, everyone can have short-term success, but having that over the span of years that he did, and just the way his mind operated fascinated me. So I'd say Sir Alex Ferguson's book on leadership would be one of the best reads, and it's something I do go back to quite a lot. Brilliant. Are you a Man United fan? <sighs> that was going to come up. Uh, it's, a, it's a touchy one. So um, being from Glasgow, um, I kind of support Celtic. That's my main team. Um, similar to you, and I see you wearing your Dundalk tops and mm. whatever. So I'm guessing you're a town fan. So for me, Celtic fills me with the most joy, especially now considering Man United are down in the pecking order. But yeah. in terms of watching really good football, not saying that Celtic don't play that, but I have seen some poor games. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say Man United throughout the years. I mean, I, like, I didn't get into football, as I said. I never played team sports. I didn't get into it till a later age. I was, like, 15, 16 before I actually started watching it. But at the time, I think there was just the emergence of Cristiano Ronaldo who really got me into, like, just as an athlete, like, explosive athletes always kind of excite me. Mike Tyson, Ronaldo, like, people that literally just dominate, like, one player just dominate again. I think that's where it comes to like video games. You put the cheat codes on, you give that that person the opportunity. Michael Jordan, run riot. So I had that kind of, and then Sir Alex Ferguson being Scottish helped. So I went down and seen him quite a few times. Um, so yeah, I'm a Man United fan. I find the games when they were on a bit harder to watch uh, nowadays than previously. But yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd be more inclined to kind of watch Man United and. Again, I'd say I'm a Ronaldo fan as well. So whatever team he goes to, I tend to look out for. Yeah, I like that supporting players as well. I think I, in in American sports, I, I'm big into American sports. And at the start, I used to just support players before I ever started supporting teams. And yeah. there's plenty of explosive athletes when it comes to American sports. Um, and uh, with that, I'll finish off with the last thing I'm going to ask you about what services are you currently offering or what's happening with you right now? Um, in terms of services, so I'm keeping in contact with all my current clients just to see how they're getting on now. Everybody needs different kind of plans. Everybody needs different approaches. So there's some people who I'm still kind of training away, just giving them like 
they've told me what equipment they've got at home. I've gave them some work to do, accessories, a training plan that's specific to them. Um, I'm hoping with the talks of the quarantine kind of phasing out over here that hopefully, because we're a studio rather than a gym that will be able to be back up and running as of kind of mid-June. So I'm hoping to be back kind of personal training. Majority of stuff that I do is one-on-one or two-on-one. I don't tend to operate many classes or anything outside of that. But um, if that is something they're interested in when quarantine lifts, then give us a shout. And saying that, I think with the clients that I currently have and everything else, they're obviously going to take priority because it's been a long time since any of them have felt that squat, <laughs> that bar on their back <laughs> yeah. but, uh, or any soreness. But um, yeah, once once we're back up and running, I hope to kind of be taking new clients as well. Happy days, man. Man, this was some chat that hour and a bit flew. Um, I can't wait to dig into training related topics next yeah. time. We'll probably <laughs> yeah. end up having a 45 minute chat about something not training related, but hey, I'm looking forward to number two already. Yeah, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Anytime, yeah, get us on, be buzzing to talk about some more training oriented subjects. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, I will leave your uh, Instagram and any other information about you in the show notes. But um, yeah, great podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed it, took some value away. And thank you very much for coming on to the webcam. Yes, thank you. Pleasure.